Acts 2, stand with me please. Acts chapter number 2. We have been uh, off and on looking at this series. We took a bit of a break, first part of the month, to look at the theme, but we've got another message or two out of Acts uh, that I want to give you before we wrap up this God's Prototype of the Local Church series. And uh, so just to refresh our memory, let's back up to verse 41. The Bible says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. There's a word in verse number 46 that we find again in verse number 47. And that's the word I want to focus on this morning. This is part eight of the series. God's prototype of the local church was a daily church. <laughs> a daily church. We're going to have fun with this one. Amen. Lord, help us this morning, I pray. As we dive into the scriptures, I pray, God, that you would just drive this point home in our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that you'd be glorified in the message. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. We see in our text in verse number 46, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. This was a church that uh, something was going on daily. They didn't want to miss out on what God was doing. This wasn't a just pop in and pop out. The Bible says they continuing daily. Somehow they found an opportunity every day to go to the house of God. Now, come on, I'm going to need more amens than that or it's going to take me all day to preach this. If I've got to hunt and holler at myself, it's going to be a while. This was a hub of constant hub of activity. The church was where there was daily action going, things going on. And, and I want to say this this morning, uh, that the, this was a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week church. By the way, being a disciple of Jesus Christ is also a daily activity. Oh yes, we got a lot of, we got a, what, what we call Sunday morning glories. This is Luke, this is Luke 9, 23. Put your seatbelts on, you're going to get a little turbulence right here. This is Jesus talking in Luke 9, 23. And he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That's Luke 9, 23 for the skeptics in here. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ is not just a, a one day a week or a couple hours a week. It's a daily discipleship. It's a daily following. And I think somewhere between Acts 2 and today, there came about this misconceived idea that if you just go to church on Sunday morning, uh, that you can be a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. But Jesus said you've got to take up your cross daily. It is a daily life. It is a daily Involvement, And so this morning, if you can handle it, I got three points I want to give you. 
We can break down this church's daily activities into three basic categories. Write this down, number one. There was a daily involving of themselves in the church of God. If you wanted to put a parenthesis out beside that, this was their daily duty toward God. There was a daily involving of themselves and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, verse 46, and breaking bread from house to house, to eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. This was a daily ministry. This was a, this was a church that they, they weren't restricted to only have a church on Wednesday night and Sunday. They said, well, I don't know why we just can't go down there every day. I begin to think about some of the things that the early church did every day. One of the things I believe they did every day was praise God according to verse 47. The Bible says they were praising God. We see from verse 47 that they were a church that was busy seriously praising God. And for this to be a part of the description of the Acts 2 church, I believe that this was more than just once a week or a couple times a month. I believe it was something they did on a regular basis. These people were in the habit of giving God praise and giving God glory. They were actively involved in praising God. Let me say this, God deserves our praise daily. You better believe he does. The psalmist David was a firm believer in praising God daily. He said in Psalm 61, verse number eight, for I will sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. He said in Psalm 113, verse number three, from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. That's not just every day, but if I read that right, that's all day long, every day. From the time the sun comes up to the time the sun goes down, he's worthy to be praised. Why would the psalmist David say that? Well, in Psalm 68, verse number 19, he said, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Now, it just stands to reason, stay with me now, it stands to reason that if we've got a God that will bless us and load us with benefits daily, that he's worthy of our praise daily. There's not a one of us in here this morning that could not testify right now of the fact that God has daily loaded us with benefits. God's been good to us. God's blessed us. I don't know how many folks have come to me, said, Pastor Schiffel, I got my finance, I got my contribution report to the, ch to, to the church at the end of the year, and I couldn't believe it. I was able to give more to God in 2020 than I've ever given to church and to the ministry and the work of God in my entire life. I know me and my family did. I couldn't believe it. A pandemic, a, a year where there was just absolute chaos and mayhem and fear and confusion and God just poured out his blessings on us. He's worthy of our praise. It was a daily involving in the area of praise. I believe there was a daily involvement in the area of prayer. Why would you say that, Pastor Shiflett? Well, I don't know. The disciples in Luke 6 said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, well, when you pray, pray after this manner. Give us this day our daily bread. I'm not the sharpest knife in the light bulb drawer, but I believe he was teaching them to pray every day. Give us this day. He didn't say give us this week our weekly bread. He didn't say give us this month our monthly bread. He said when you pray, pray, give us this day our daily bread. I believe he wanted them to pray every day. I believe they did pray every day 
In fact, if you go to chapter 3, verse 1, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. Not the day of prayer or the week of prayer. They went up at the hour of prayer. This was something they did every day. If you go back up to verse number 42, the Bible says they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. If you continue steadfastly in prayer, that's not something you do a couple times a week or a couple times a month. I believe they did it all the time. I believe the church of the Acts chapter number two was daily involving themselves in praise and in prayer. Interesting, you find them praying all throughout the book of Acts, and it wasn't always on the first day of the week. Not only were they involving in praise and prayer, but I believe they were actively and daily involving themselves in preparation for the work that God had called them to do. Daily preparing themselves. I thought about Acts chapter 17 where Paul wrote in verse 11, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. I was tickled at how many times in the Bible, in the book of Acts, we find the word daily. This wasn't a Sunday. This wasn't just a side thing. This wasn't just a whenever there's not a football game on. Amen. And I know somebody said something about some kind of football game on day. I don't, I don't even know. I don't keep up with it. When they stopped kneeling, when they, when they started kneeling for the, for the, uh, for the national anthem, I, I, I hadn't watched two seconds of it since. I'm done with it. But I, I, even when they were still kneeling, even when they were still putting their hands over their heart, I wouldn't have ever thought about missing church to watch them run up and down a football field and play football. No way, Jose. These people were daily preparing. I just had to get that in there, didn't I? I mean, it's not even in my message or notes or anything. And somehow or another, I had to just slip that in there. I just have a hard time believing that there's a disciple of Jesus Christ with a cross on their back missing church to watch a football game. I don't see it happening. I don't see it. I said, I don't see it happening. Not in this lifetime. This is the big game right here. Amen, we have Super Bowl every Sunday. They were preparing, they were serious about the things of God and Paul the Apostle in Acts chapter number 11, uh, Acts 17, Paul would preach and then they would go home every day and search the scriptures to make sure that what the Apostle Paul preached was the truth. That's some serious converts right there. Well, that's what the preacher said, I guess it's true. They didn't do that. And you've got to understand, they didn't have a copy of the Bible like you and I have. The apostle Paul would get up and start preaching, and he would say, and the prophet Isaiah said this, and the psalmist said this, and Zechariah said this, and, and Hosea said this, and Joel said this, and they were writing down notes as fast as they could, and then when church was out, they had to go find somebody that had that scroll and borrow it and go through the whole thing because it didn't have chapter and verse breakdown like we have. They had to go and look for it to make sure that what he was preaching was exactly what the scripture said. By the way, that didn't offend the apostle Paul. Paul said they were more noble because they did that. Search the scriptures daily whether those things were so. That's people that's taking the word of God serious. I commend our church. Many of you take notes and, you, and I can see when I'm preaching, you're listening, you're writing it down. I want you to. That's why I give so many Bible verses for everything that I say and everything that I preach. I want to expound the word of God. I want you to know that it's the word of God. That's what God said. But this was something that they were doing every day. They were daily involving themselves 
in the ministry and in the church. There was a daily involving. Number two, there was a daily investing in the church. In other words, the daily involvement, this was their daily duty, their relationship in, with, with the church towards God. But this daily investment, this was their daily in duty and actions towards each other. Look at what it says in verse 46, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. The way that's worded in verse number 46 is the same way it's worded in verse number 42. We are safe to assume that not only did they go to the temple every day, but they went to each other's house and broke bread with one another every day. Amen. Continuing daily. Continuing daily. Notice the verse. Breaking bread from house to house. Did eat their meat with gladness. The Bible is clear. We need each other. I need you. And you need me. And you need each other. Paul said at one place, no man liveth to himself, no man dieth unto himself. I think I saw that this morning. I think it's Romans 14, if I'm not mistaken. And the point I'm trying to make is this, that you and I need, God created the church. The church was put here to help us minister to the spiritual and social needs of each other. I mean, God's word's clear that we should separate ourselves from the world. When we get saved, he says, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. And so the Bible's clear that when we get saved, he gives us a new crowd to run with. He gives us a new family. A new family. Some of you say, preacher, you don't know my background. I got one messed up family. Hey, you ain't the only one. But guess what? When you got saved, God gave you a new family. Look at the person beside you and say, we be family. Amen. You're, you're related. Brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen. You got a brother from another mother. This is the family. This is the crowd. And God expects us to minister to each other. Stay with me now. A church where the people in the church are involved in each other's lives daily is following the prototype of the local church, the New Testament local church given in Acts chapter number two. I believe with all of my heart that God intended for the church to be a place where his people are encouraged and edify each other. Uh, the relationship with the church, I believe, should exist outside the four walls of this sanctuary. These early Christians interacted with each other on a close and personal level, level and they went to each other's house, they broke bread with each other, they fellowship with one another. I enjoy Fellowshipping with God's people. I love it. I mean, I enjoy it. I, I, I love spending time with God's people. The missionary family that was here on Wednesday night, staying in the missions apartment over here on the other side of the soccer field, they, they had a couple of meetings today. That's why they're not here. But uh, we found a couple of opportunities this past week to, to have them over to the house or take them out to eat. And we just enjoyed sitting there in fellowship and talking about the things of God and the ministry and talking about scripture and talking about missions and talking about child training and talking about uh, just all the things that Christians have in common. And I'm telling you right now, I enjoy spending time with you and with God's people. Draw strength from that. It fires me up, encourages me, motivates me. I believe this church in Acts 2 was amazing because it provided not only a place for them to have a relationship with God, but also a place for them to have a relationship with God's people. Right. One of the biggest lies Satan will tell a church member is, you don't fit in around here. How can you not fit in with a bunch of misfits? 
That's the one thing we all have in common. Preacher, I feel like a square peg in a round hole. We got square holes around here. You'll fit in just fine. I'm serious as I can be. If, 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 if people knew me and knew where I came from and knew my background, they wouldn't want to have anything to do with me. How do you know y'all ain't got the exact same background? Everybody in here is messed up one way or another. Damaged goods with, with, with baggage and, and, and issues from our past. And Brother uh, uh, Bernard touched on that in Sunday school about God having to help us destroy, just, I mean, do away with the things of our past so we can move forward and not allow those things to keep weighing us down. Everybody in here has had at some point in time had a, had a fresh start. Different levels of growth. We need each other. There's not ever one of us in here that doesn't need each other. We need other Christians. We need each other. A vital part of God's plan for the church was this, this investing in each other and, and interacting with each other. And God intended for the church to be a place where they could minister to each other daily. In Acts chapter number 6, and verse number one, the Bible says, In those days when the number of the disciples were multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. When you've got people in the church that have needs and burdens, then there needs to be people every day meeting those needs and helping with those burdens. If the only time you get your burden lifted, if the only time you get any help and encouragement from other believers is when you come to church, you're going to go throughout the week without it. I believe God intended for us to minister to each other on a daily basis. Is everybody still with me? Say, preacher, you're preaching stuff I had never heard before. Well, I don't know what to tell you. It's been right there for thousands of years. You should have just read it. They continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Paul urged the early church to help one another daily. Hebrews 3, verse 12 and 13. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily. So Paul said in Hebrews, exhort one another daily. I don't know about you, but I sometimes need encouragement on Tuesday. Sometimes I need encouragement on Thursday afternoon, on Friday morning. I don't want to have to wait till Sunday to get it. And you shouldn't either. A great verse to illustrate this daily need for ministry is found in 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. The apostle Paul has gave this long list of issues and problems and challenges they, they had to deal with outside the church. And then in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. He said, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. The apostle Paul was concerned about the care of the churches daily. That word is all through our New Testament. The church of the living God, is an, it was an organism that God intended to function seven days a week. So many people have the misconceived idea that church is a building on the side of the road that has office hours. Sunday morning from, from 10 to 12.30 and Sunday night from, from 5 to 6.30 and Wednesday night from 7 to 9 and then the rest of the time, what am I supposed to do? No, 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 that's just when we gather to have services but the church is supposed to be functioning and investing in each other 24-7. I know that's a novel concept for some of you but 
I'm giving you God's prototype of the local church, not mine and your idea of it. A thriving New Testament church has needs that must be met each and every day. I'm going to just give you a short list of them right quick. I'm going to throw them at you quick. All right? We need to love one another daily. Love one another daily. John 15, 17, these things I command you, that you love one another. I don't see an expiration, and I don't see a schedule on that. Love one another every day, daily. We need to serve one another daily. John 13, 14, Jesus said, If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you ought also to wash one another's feet. When? Whenever they need it. He was talking about serving. He was talking about ministering. He was talking about humbling yourself and seeing about one another. That's what he's talking about. Acts 12, 5. You need to pray for each other daily. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And they didn't just pray at church. They prayed without ceasing for Peter. Sounds like every day to me. Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. We need to consider one another daily, daily. We need to comfort one another daily. 1 Thessalonians 4, 18, wherefore comfort one another with these words. People need comfort on days other than Wednesday and Sunday. They need to be reminded of the second coming. They need to be reminded of the goodness and the blessings of God. Galatians 6, 2, we need the support of each other daily. Bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's something that needs to be done daily. Is everybody still with me? You're like, preacher, I didn't sign up for all this daily business. You did. You just didn't read the fine print. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm reading you the fine print. See what you got yourself into? should ask more questions. We need to edify each other daily. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. Build one another up every day. You can do that in a variety of ways. We've got more opportunities and ways to do that now than they did back then. Sometimes just a text message. Sometimes just a text message or a phone call. I just want you to know, God put you on my heart. I just want you to know I'm praying for you. What a blessing. I get, I get those every day from people, not just people in our church, but I get them from people that are watching our services on the live stream. I get, I get text messages every Sunday morning from some pastor, some preacher, and it's not always the same ones. I got some this morning. I got one this morning from a dear a preacher friend of mine that I haven't seen in a number of years. Brother Jerry Sexton, he says, praying that God fills you with his spirit and power this morning, my friend. Boy, that's a blessing. I ain't seen Brother Sexton in years, but God laid me on his heart this morning. At 8.01, he sent me that text message. What about that? I got a text message from Brother Jerry Shadbach. Praying for you, by God's grace, Christ will be lifted up and all hearts will be drawn to his praying. Amen. That was this morning at 10.50. He's in California. He's getting ready to preach. He's getting ready to preach to his people. But God laid me on his heart and he sent me a, a word of edification and a test, and it was a blessing. Brother James came this morning and brought me a cup of coffee. What a blessing. He said, I, 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 do, you, do you want some coffee? I said, yes, cream and sugar. And then he, then he kind of killed the blessing. He said, I thought you weren't eating sugar no more. <laughs> you done with your diet? Like, just get the coffee and shut up. <laughs> you want to be a blessing or not? Get the coffee. 
That's encouragement. Jesus said, give somebody a cup of cold water or a cup of hot coffee, either one in my name. Praise the Lord. I'll take it. What am I saying? I'm saying we need each other. We need to be mindful of the opportunities daily to invest in our church by loving one another. You want to go grab a cup of coffee? You want to go grab a sandwich? Y'all want to come over? Preacher, I can't afford to feed everybody. Invite them over after supper. So I don't want to do that. That's just that's bad etiquette. Well, they did it. They did it all the time in Africa. They said, when you get finished eating supper, come over to the house. We'll have a cup of coffee. And we would go over there after supper and, and sit with them for several hours. And they'd have to cook and clean and wash dishes and slave over this kitchen and just sit around and fellowship. And they loved it and we loved it. It was awesome. Beat sitting around watching TV all night. Beat sitting around playing on your phone all night. Just hook up with people in the church. Say, I want, I'd like to get to know them over there. I'd like to get to know those people. And, and, you, and you feel a little bit awkward at first. You feel like, you know, you feel like a kid on the playground. The first day of school. I, can, I, can I be your friend? <laughs> Try it. You want to be friends? Huh? They're looking at me funny. Come on. Man that has friends must show himself friendly. Right. You say, I don't have any friends. Maybe you don't know how to get friends. You walk up to strangers and say, do you want to be friends? That's how you get friends. <laughs> want to grab a cup of coffee? Want to go grab a sandwich? Want to go meet somewhere and the kids play in the park and we sit there and talk for a little bit? You want, you want to do something like that? What are you doing? You're investing in your church. You're making your church strong. You're making it biblical. They continue daily breaking bread from house to house and eat their meat with gladness, singleness of heart. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> I'll go to my third point. There was a daily increasing. Write that down. A daily increasing. And the Lord added to the church daily. <laughs> Such as should be saved. That's something. Daily. They didn't just have people getting saved on Sunday. They had people getting saved every day of the week. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I'm down for that. Amen. If there's a church today that can have people getting saved every day, I'd like for it to happen right here. Amen. I mean, I'm talking about God poured, poured gas on the fire. The church should be a place that's fulfilling the Great Commission seven days a week. A church should have an evangelistic ministry and a missions program on which the sun never sets. I can say that through our missions program here at Calvary Baptist Church, to God be the glory, we've got an evangelistic and outreach ministry. The sun never sets on the ministry of Calvary Baptist Church. We've got missionaries in the Philippines, in Myanmar, in Mongolia, and China. That's 12 hours time difference. So when we're sleeping, they're working. And when we're working, they're sleeping. And the sun never sets on the ministry of Calvary Baptist Church. And I believe that's the way God wanted it to be. If we have a God who never slumbers or sleeps, and he founded a church, shouldn't it stand to reason that the church, to be like God, should have a ministry that never slumbers nor sleeps? 
Father's business is not a Wednesday night and Sunday only business. This church was reaching the lost. This church was reaching the lost every single day of the week. Acts 5, 42, look at it. And daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Daily, every day they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. By the way, the lost are dying daily. The lost need a witness daily. The unsaved are begging for the truth daily. The door to reach folks is open daily. Look down at chapter three, right below where we're at, Acts three. Look at Acts three, verse two. A certain lame man, the Bible says, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. The man was put there every day that had a need. Wouldn't it stand a reason that God would have somebody cross his path every day to meet that need? The opportunities to win the lost, witness to the lost are presented daily. It's our obligation to tell them daily. If y'all would say amen, I'd hurry up and we'd get done quicker. You can go make a snowman. We need a church that's busy witnessing and sharing the gospel and pointing souls to Christ. In Acts chapter number 16, verse number five, so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number, what's the next word? Daily, what about that? Look at chapter 17. Look at Acts 17, verse 17. Apostle Paul disputed in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market, what's the next word? Daily with them that met with him. The Apostle Paul was busy witnessing every day of the week. Look over at Acts 19. I want y'all to see this. Acts chapter 19, Apostle Paul's practice in verse eight, and he went to the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. You know how everybody in the whole region was able to hear the gospel? Because they were telling the gospel every day. It wasn't just a once a week or, or once every now and then, but they were witnessing and they were watching God increase the church daily. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this is God's prototype of the local church. People getting saved and baptized and added to the church every day of the week. Paul had a burden every day of the week. I'm trying to get done. Acts chapter number 20. Back up to Acts 20. I want to show you something in Acts chapter number 20. Where we're, we're, you was probably still in 19. Look at the next chapter, Acts 20. Look what Paul said to the Ephesian church elders in verse number 26. Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. Look at verse 31. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Help me out now. Am I still in the book? Were they not witnessing every day? 
They were, and people were getting saved every day. People were being added to the church every day. There was a daily involvement. There was a daily investing, and there was a daily increasing of the church because it was a daily church. You know, God's blessed us to be able to have church as much as we have church. Let me explain. One of these days, I'm going to bring to you the, the historical summary of the, the old church that my great-great-uncle started, Waterloo Baptist Church in Waterloo, Georgia. And they only had church a couple times a month. My great-great-granddaddy was a circuit-riding preacher, pastored four Baptist churches at the same time. He died of ulcers. I'm just kidding. They were called quarter-time churches. They only had church one Sunday a month. This was back in the day. They had more churches than they had preachers and parsons, as they called them. My grandmother would heat bricks and put them in the floorboard of his buggy, and he'd sit down in that buggy and put a blanket around his lap, and he would go from church to church every week, a different church, pastoring and preaching. And those people only got to have church once a month. Brother James, I look at how close to God those old saints used to be, only getting to go to church one time a month. We have more church in two weeks than they had all year. And God's blessed us to be able to have church as much as we have it. By the way, churches everywhere are discontinuing their Sunday night and Wednesday night services. One of the things Brother Lane told me, so preacher, we've had a hard time trying to get meetings. He said, you won't believe the churches I call and they say the only service that they have is Sunday morning. He said, you know how hard it is for a missionary on deputation to, to book up his calendar and raise support when churches are only having church on Sunday morning? God's blessed us here at this church. Listen, as long as I'm the pastor, we're not going to be shaving any services off the schedule. We might add a couple before it's over with. So much the more as you see the day approaching. We might have to have a Friday night church. We might have to have a Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, uh, Tuesday lunchtime, noontime worship hour to get us on through to Wednesday night before it's over with. Devil turns the heat up. But can I say this? It don't matter how many services a week we have. That's secondary to what I'm preaching about right now. I'm talking about a daily church. Busy, serving, laboring, worshiping, praising, propagating every day of the week. That's God's prototype. And I believe that's the way he wants us to be in 2021. With heads bowed and eyes closed, there may be someone here this morning does not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. We've got a lady being baptized here in just a moment. I'm going to join the church. And God's done a work in her heart. So you've got time. You've got time to, to, to leave your seat right now if you need to pray. Maybe while I was preaching, you thought, man, I've never thought about the church being a daily church. I've always thought about church just being something on Sunday that you do. 
No, no, no. The early New Testament church was every day. Their life was centered around the furtherance of the ministry and the work of God. Somehow they were able to work in their job and their hobbies and all their fun time. Somehow or another they were able to work all that around the time that they spent involving themselves and investing themselves in their local church. The need is great both outside the church and within the church. We've got, we've got 50 or 60 widows and shut-ins and, and elderly people that need constant love and attention and care more, more than just me and the staff can see about. No question about that. Plenty to do. Plenty, plenty of places to serve and labor and invest if that's what God has put in your heart to do. If you're here this morning and you're not sure you're saved, you're not sure if you died right now that you'd go to heaven, we'd love to sit down beside you and take a Bible and show you from the Word of God how you can know for sure you're going to heaven when you die. Would there be somebody here this morning that would just quietly slip your hand up, preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure if I died right now, I'd go to heaven and I want you to pray for me. Is there anybody anywhere that would slip your hand up so I can see it, so we can pray with you? Anybody anywhere? Preacher, pray for me. Anybody? Anybody?